Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Cornhusker fans of all ages, to the newest episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by CornNation.com. Let's welcome our fearless leader, back from the dead, John Johnston. How's it going in Chaska, Minnesota tonight? It's going really well, Todd. You sound like you're preparing for a colonoscopy. No, I have constipated. The laxative hasn't started working yet, man. <laughs> I've had mine. I'm I'm in good shape. Okay, good. So, and we're joined tonight by our resident wrestling aficionado, Dylan Gunther. Dylan, how are things going with you tonight? Going good, man. Just good, uh, good. ready to get the podcast going. Ready for Big Tens this weekend. You bet. You betcha. Well, I'll tell you what, um, let's get right to it. Um, oh, before, before we hit on man's oldest sport and the outstanding tournament we're going to have this weekend in Lincoln. John, I read your flakes this morning. Yes. And, uh, you made reference to a baseball game. I did that, make reference to a baseball that, game. That may have been the most fantastic baseball game played yet this year. Yes. Yes. And we're talking the Iowa Hawkeyes, folks. We are talking Iowa baseball. We're talking Iowa baseball. And as we mentioned a few months ago about, you know, the incredible job scheduling quality opponents that the Iowa Hawkeye baseball team had done, um, you know, they, they spread the joy. They, they, they scheduled Division II schools. They, just, they, they scheduled Division three schools, you know, to give everybody an opportunity to play. Um, and we, they might even have scheduled some high school teams. We're not quite sure. But um, Tuesday, the Hawkeyes invited the Loris Duhawks from Dubuque, oh. Iowa, down to Dwayne Banks Field in Iowa City. One of those body bag games. And Loris beat them three to one, a Division three yeah, that- school. That is uh, that's something you're not supposed to do. You're supposed to beat the teams that are Division three and don't actually give scholarships to anyone. And what I understand was uh, uh, Loris pitched an incredible game and held that mighty vaunted Hawkeye offense to one point, one run. Oh, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you it's. It, it, it's a it's a good thing that uh, Iowa hasn't scheduled any more Division three opponents. Uh, that could be that could really mess with their RPI. So they uh, anyway. they might have to schedule some some high schools. Uh, Laura says a special connection to you. Tell every tell Dylan what it is. <laughs> My daughter was a softball player at Loris. She was a Duhawk, and okay. um, she uh, she had a good time there. She she was a good player. Had a lot of fun. Uh, but it was kind of funny because a couple weeks ago she remarked we were talking about the spring schedule of, with with Loris, and she said our baseball team's going to suck this year. <laughs> <laughs> and then we beat the Iowa Hawkeyes. Oh my goodness, that's great, great, great. Well, oh, we we can segue a little bit because a lot of times you know our most of our listeners are aware if you mention Iowa Hawkeyes you kind of think wrestling and we have Dylan here tonight because. Um, this weekend, for the first time since Nebraska has been in the Big Ten Conference, uh, Nebraska is hosting the Big Ten Wrestling Tournament down at Pinnacle Bank Arena. 
the Big Ten Wrestling Tournament, head and shoulders above any other conference, is the most incredible, the toughest conference wrestling tournament there is in college wrestling. And Dylan is here to, to talk to us a little bit tonight about the Nebraska Cornhuskers, uh, you know, the tournament in general. So, Dylan, just take it away, and, and uh, John and I will jump in when we think we have something to add, okay? so All right. I'll do my best. Um, you talk about the Big Ten being super tough. Uh, yesterday at Mark Manning's press conference, he actually mentioned that he thinks the Big Ten tournament is tougher than the NCAA tournament. Um, I would tend to agree with him because you don't get those first two matches against, you know, maybe lower level opponents. It's right out of the gate. Big Ten competition. Everybody's good. Um, I mean, this conference, you see a lot of guys with four or five, six losses ranked ahead of guys with one or two losses. Um, and that's for a reason, because you're going into every week, you're wrestling number six, you're wrestling number two, you're wrestling number eight, you're wrestling number four. Like you, there's no weeks off. Um, this, this weekend, there's going to be no rounds off. I mean, every guy really has to wrestle every match like it's the final. Um, Nebraska has a lot of – Nebraska's kind of top-heavy this year a little bit where they have, you know, about five or six guys that figure to do pretty well, but they also have a few guys that are ranked, you know, pretty low that, you know, will need some – upsets or some help to get into the NCAA tournament after this weekend. Um, article, I think in December about that this might be the toughest year of wrestling ever um, because you got guys coming back from with their extra COVID year. Uh, you got guys coming back off of Olympic red shirts. Um, talking to you, Michigan, right? Uh, Penn, you know, Penn State's got four NCAA champions coming back. Iowa's defending national champs as a team. It's, I'll tell you what, Nebraska last year finished third. Two years ago, they took second. And I think it would be absolutely astonishing if Nebraska was able to finish in the top three as a team this year because of how stacked. Uh, this conference is, you know, you know, Dylan, um, you mentioned the, the depth and how tough it is. Um, there are literally guys wrestling in the tournament this weekend that are in their seventh year of college, right. Due to medical hardship, due to the extra, uh, COVID year or the Olympic red shirt year. Uh, you think about that that there are, you know, 25, 25-year-old men, uh, maybe 26, that are going to be competing out there on the mat against, you know, some guys that might be 19. Um, it, it, it's, it's just uh, – it's going to be an incredible tournament. It's just really kind of a fluke where you have that kind of strength and depth. Well, I mean, I, yeah, definitely uh, – I mean uh, – Iowa has Michael Kemmerer. He's a seventh-year guy. Uh, 
Christian Lance for Nebraska. He's a seventh-year guy. Um, and, yeah, you're right. You're seeing 24, 25, maybe 26-year-olds going against 18, 19-year-olds in some cases. I mean, Iowa's got a freshman at 125 that I think he might be 19, you know? Um, so this is really a weird year where, man, it's been a while. <laughs> There's not, there hasn't been a lot of turnover in NCAA wrestling the last couple of years. No, no. Well, let's, let's get started with the, the Nebraska team a little bit. And, you know, as you mentioned, Dylan, it's, it's kind of a top heavy team. There are, you know, five, six, maybe seven guys that I think coach Manning's probably going to look you know, to score some points, of course, you know, that you don't want to count out the other ones and, and you hope that they can get some wins and maybe advance a little bit. But um, I do know that Nebraska has got one top seated wrestler. They got one number one seated wrestler and that's Eric Schultz up at 197 pounds. Um, interestingly enough with Eric Schultz at one point this year, I think, I don't think he, well, he was ranked outside of the top eight, I believe, you know, for maybe a week or two. And now he's the top seeded guy in the Big Ten Conference. Talk, talk to us a little bit about Eric Schultz up there at 197 pounds. Yeah, Eric Schultz is a guy that, okay, he's 14 and one this year. He's the number one seed. He was the number one seed last year at Big Tens. He has never finished as an All American, though. So I really think he's going to kind of take advantage of this extra year and get on, get on the podium. But like I said, he's number one seed, but the guy that's number two seed in the Big Ten, Dean from Penn State, is actually the number one ranked guy in the country. <laughs> the only the reason that Schultz has the number one seed is because he went undefeated in Big Ten play, and Maxine did not. And Eric Schultz, only, his only loss in the year was to uh, Stephen Buchanan of Wyoming. And I think he's ranked number three right now, I want to say. But, um, I mean, he's put together some pretty solid years in a row. Uh, he's only lost to the top guys the last two years. Um, I'd say if there's anybody that has a chance at a Big Ten title uh, individually, it's Eric Schultz. But it'll be interesting. I mean, he hasn't he didn't uh, wrestle Max Dean in the duel because, you know, Dean didn't wrestle. Uh, we don't know why, but I think it's good that the Big Ten gave Eric Schultz the one seed because. Guess what? He's undefeated in conference play. And Penn State Sky didn't wrestle him. Yep. So, like. He shoot the number one seed. He deserves it. Sure. Um, I, I can't think of all the rest of the seeds off the top of my head, but, uh, you know, probably the Nebraska wrestler that has um, come on the strongest here at the end of the year, uh, had a big win in the last duel against Iowa, is um, at 174 pounds, Mikey Labriola. Um, I personally wasn't all that impressed with, with Labriola early in the season. I thought he was pretty sloppy and just, you know, uh, he's, he's a hell of a scrambler and, and that plays to his advantage. But uh, early in the season, it seemed like he was really giving up his legs a lot and, and maybe wasn't uh, on top of his game, but he knocked off Michael Kemmerer, who you mentioned a little bit earlier, um, who was uh, uh, 
NCAA runner-up last year. And uh, Mikey, Labri- Mikey Labriola won the match. I mean, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a fluke. Mikey Labriola won that match against Kemmer. So uh, I think he's seated third in this tournament. Talk a little bit about uh, the young man from Pennsylvania. Yeah, Labriola is a junior, uh, so that means we get him one more year, which is good. Uh, yeah, he just beat uh, Michael Kemmerer, who was ranked number two. And with how deep this weight class is in the Big Tens, that win alone pushed Michael Kemmerer to the four seed. And which means that, you know, if you look at the bracket, number one seed is Carter Sirachi of Penn State, national champion, undefeated. Um, Strachi and uh, Kemmerer, they both wrestled at the Big Ten final last year and the NCAA final last year. And this year it's going to be a semifinal matchup. <laughs> so, like, that just shows how deep the Big Ten is that, you know, two, you know, the two guys at the finals last year are in the semis this year. Uh, also, with Lyle's season, I it hasn't been verified. Like, you know, the team doesn't talk about it that much. Doesn't put out information, but, um, Labriola was a late scratch at U 23s. I think that he probably, you know, he might've had COVID at some point and I think he came back and he kind of struggled in big 10 play. So I don't know, you know, I, I, I can't speculate too much, but there was something going on where the first couple matches of big 10 play, he wasn't himself. But the last couple of matches he's wrestled, especially against Kemmerer, he seems to be peaking at the right point. Um, this is a really, really deep weight class where the top four seeds at Big Tens are actually number one, two, three, and four in the country. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the five seed is like ranked number seven. So. How many of those honestly, guys get to go to the NCAA? Oh, all of them. Oh, they do? Okay. Well, that way, class yeah, they qualified yeah, probably like, six or seven weights or guys. So, Yeah, m- most weight classes at Big Tens is going to be eight to ten guys. The eight, the, You know, the top eight to ten guys are going to go to NCAAs. Yeah. So um, you mentioned something, and, and uh, I'm going to kind of skip around on you here a minute, but I, I want to draw the connection here. You mentioned how – you know, the, it's likely that the two guys that wrestled the NCAA cha- championship match last year are going to meet up in the semifinals at this weight class, Starachi and Kemmer. Right. And the same thing is in, in play at heavyweight with uh, Gable Stevenson and um, Mason Paris. Um, now, Gable Stevenson, John, he's your Minnesota boy up there, uh, Olympic gold medalist, um, WWE NIL. Uh, beneficiary. Um, <laughs> anybody that's seen Gable Stevenson wrestle, you have to absolutely respect the incredible athlete that he is uh, for a young man at, 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 you know, that is that size. Um, Christian Lance from Nebraska has had a real good season. I think he's benefited from having Terrell Delognov in the, in the room, right. you know, new assistant coach definitely is, has benefited there, but Dylan, uh, Tony Cassiope is going to be the number two seed from Iowa. Anybody touch Gable Stevenson or, or is this Gable Stevenson shows up and it's his tournament to, to dominate? Um, I, honestly, right now I'd say the 
just in general, this is kind of the golden age of heavyweights where, you know, a lot of years, a guy like Tony Castillo or Greg Kerfleet would be uh, NCAA uh, favorite. Uh, but Gable Stevenson, I honestly think he's the best wrestler I've ever seen. Um, I, I actually saw him in a duel when he was a true freshman. And it was, I mean, the guy went and won a gold medal in the Olympics. He's lost two matches his entire career. Um, and it's, it's a lot of, a lot of it's the eye test where watching him wrestle, I couldn't imagine heavyweight beating him ever. Yeah. Like he's so the fast. Gable the Gable he's just Stevenson. Fast. Yeah. yeah. The Gable Stevenson that's wrestling right now. Honestly, I, he can't be beat. He can't. Like if I was a betting man, I'd put every single cent I own on Gable Stevenson winning big tens, NCAAs, any wrestling tournament he ever enters. And that's kind of like, you know, it's kind of sad for like guys like Tony Cassiope and like uh, Greg Kerfleet who are really good that like you just have to kind of wait for him to go away. <laughs> and, you know, Christian Lance is kind of a, he's one of those guys that, you know, he's 13 and six on the year. He's really good. But like when you're facing guys like Gable Stevenson, Kirkfleet, Cassiope, Mason Paris. Like it's hard to manufacture wins. Yeah. I agree with you, Dylan. I think it is a golden age for heavyweights. And and you say that, and then you have to qualify it with how much better Gable Stevenson is than the others. I mean, you got to throw Colton Schultz in there from Arizona state. I mean, we've got four guys, four guys that are wrestling heavyweight right now that have won world titles at their age group level. Gable Stevenson obviously won the Olympics. Uh, Tony Cassiope has won a world title in an age group at heavyweight. So is Kirk Levitt, and so is Mason Paris. And Colton Schultz. So there's five of them that have, ha- that have won world titles at age group at, at that weight, which is just phenomenal. And Gable Stevenson can blow any of them out of the gym. It's just amazing. So. Yes. So what you're saying, what you're saying is this is the best year of college wrestling in its history, right? I think it's, yeah, it's one of the most dominant years or one okay. of the strongest years. One of it's, the strongest. It's, the, it's the best year of college wrestling in history. Yes. And it's yeah. the best conference in college wrestling. And for the Big Ten to have their championship in Lincoln, Nebraska, I mean, what are they yeah. going to see down there? Are you guys? You guys are going, I'm right? Gonna oh, you're going to be in Texas unless yeah. the world comes apart again. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, are you, you're going to be there, aren't you, Dylan? You're going to get down there. Yeah, I'm going to be there on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. They've been. They have been marketing this. Um, uh, to be honest with you, this venue is perfect for wrestling fans because Pinnacle is right down there in the Haymarket. All the fans are going to flood into that part of town and hang out there between sessions. <laughs> All those businesses down there, they're going to be raking in the dough. Wrestling fans drink like fish. 
<laughs> Every establishment down there is going to be just bonkers. And you're going to have, I don't know how many people that they can fit into Pinnacle Bank Arena, but, uh, you know, even back um, during, the, you know, before the first duel against Purdue this year, Coach Manning remarked, they have sold almost all of the tickets. I mean, I, I've not heard anybody say it's a sellout yet, but I do know that even, you know, a couple months ago, they had sold the majority of the tickets, vast majority of the tickets. You're going to have a whole slug of people from Iowa. They're going to come. They follow like nobody else. Nebraska fans are going to show up. There's going to be a good chunk of Nebraska fans. Penn State people, they're coming because in their mind, they're going to win the tournament. Um, you know, Minnesota people travel. Anybody that's got any kind of a, 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 an idea about what college wrestling is about, they want to come and watch Gable Stevenson, if for no other reason than to see history happen. It might be the last chance, you know, before the NCAA tournament that you get to see the kid wrestle. Um, yeah, he, he may retire this year and, and go into professional wrestling. So anyway, um, Dylan, we also, you know, I, I want you to remark a little bit, you know, Ridge Lovett has had a really good year. He's looking real tough. Um at 149 pounds, you got Chad Red in there at 141. Probably, you know, arguably, arguably the toughest weight class or the deepest weight class, um, you know, in, in the nation. Uh, let's not forget Peyton Robb in there at 157. And you also got Taylor Vins at 184. Kind of bring us up to speed on, on where those guys are at right now and what you think their opportunities are. Okay, yeah. Um... Two guys for Nebraska, Chad Red, Taylor Venz. Uh, they're very hit or miss. And they've kind of proven in their careers that they kind of excel in tournament play rather than duels. Um, so I expect pretty big things out of Red and Venz. Uh, Venz has kind of been coming on lately. Uh, so is Chad Red. But like you said, Chad Red's in a bracket with – Nick Lee is a national champ. Jaden Ironman, Big Ten champ. Uh, Sebastian Rivera, two-time Big Ten champ. And <laughs> Chad Red's a four seed, and he's a four-time uh, All-American. Um, so it doesn't get any harder than that. Um, you know, Taylor Venz, in his bracket, you know, he's a four seed. So if he makes it to the semis – He's going to meet number one, Aaron Brooks, who has only lost one time in his career. And that was to Taylor Vance. Yep. So I don't know, man. It's honestly like a lot of these big 10 brackets, like seeds are cool, but like just throw them in a mix and like find out what happens at the end. Like there's a few guys that are really, you know, like Gable Stevens is going to win. Right. Um, there's a few guys that are very heavy favorites to win but there are also a lot of weight classes where guess what? These, these brackets never go to chalk. They don't. And there will be some upsets and like, you know, maybe Chad red beats Nick Lee for the first time in college. I don't know, but it's possible. He's wrestled him tough. Uh, Taylor Venz, maybe he could beat Aaron Brooks. Maybe he can be the only guy that does it. I don't know. Um, I mean, Taylor Venz was a finalist last year at big tens. Like this, 
this Nebraska team is really good, but like, like I said, this year, every team like Michigan has a great team. Penn state has a amazing team. They have five guys ranked number one out of 10. Yeah. That's insane. I don't think I've, I can't say I haven't gone back and looked, but I don't think any teams ever had five number ones. I mean, that that's half your lineup is the best in the country. I mean, that's just, I have a, qu- I have a question I, for you. Yeah. Could you explain what you mentioned that some guy you mentioned was like one of the top wrestlers, but he's never been an all American. Then this other guy that's, he's a four time all of American. What the hell does it take to be an all American? Um, an all American is like you finished the top eight at NCAA tournament. That's it. Yep. That's it. Top eight. But the NCAA tournament has 33 guys and you have to qualify to get there. It's not easy. Like like I said, Chad Red, Chad Red, Chad Red's done it four times, dude. You've raised the bar yeah. so high. You're you raised the you put the bar someplace, and I'm like, well, that doesn't sound too hard. Because all you guys you're talking about are all ranked way up here. That's the quality of the of the conference. Yeah, and I suppose if yeah. you get knocked out by one of them, you get a bad draw in the NCAA tournament. You got to wrestle a good guy, then you're you're gone, and you don't get the chance to become an All American. Right. Like, okay, I'll, I'm going to give you a crazy stat. Okay, so we all okay. know these guys. Okay, Chad Chad Red, right? He has the same amount of All Americans himself as Mike Lebriola, Taylor Vance, Eric Schultz. Christian Lance combined. Okay. Labriola is three time. Venz did it one time. Schultz and Lance have never done it. So this so, is their year. <laughs> well, you would hope so. You know, it's their last one, so they better be. Yeah. Wow. Well, Chad Red, Chad Red is um he's Mr. March. And uh, he's, he's always wrestled well in March. And, you know, a lot of it, a lot of it comes down to, you know, the bracket. Um, you know, it's, it's important to do well at the Big Ten. It's not the end of the world if you don't, you know, if, because they're going to qualify so many people. Um, but, you know, uh, there's another example. You got a kid from Iowa, uh, Alex Marinelli in there, you know, at 165. And, um, he wasn't an all American last year. He got injured and, and, uh, you know, but I think a lot of people, and I think a lot of people would say that over the course of the last four or five years, Alex Marinelli has been one of the best wrestlers in the country and he's never won a national championship. Absolutely. Um, but it's hard to say he's not one of the best. Um, and you know, you got this guy that um, Dylan mentioned earlier at 141, Sebastian Rivera, Seabass. You yeah. know, he's won Big Ten championships. He's beaten national champions, or he's yes, beaten he guys who went on to be national champions. He's beat, he beat Spencer Lee. Right. 133-pounder, um, uh, and I'm not going to be able to think of his name. Um It wasn't Roman Bravo Young. DeSanto? Yeah, my he's beaten DeSanto. 
Um, yeah. I'm kind of blank, but anyway, you know, here's a guy who now he's up another weight class. And uh, to be honest, in, in my opinion, if, if anybody is primed to knock off a big name, I think it might be Rivera. Um, yeah, that, I think that's the toughest way to call, honestly, 41, because there's counting Chad Red, there's four guys that you, I would not be surprised if they won. I really wouldn't. Yeah. Um, I could see, I mean, Sebastian Rivera, he's undefeated this year, and he, he's tech following everybody, but he hasn't, he hasn't had to face Nick Lee, Ironman, or Chad Red yet. So it's kind of yeah. like, well, what do you, like, you know, great. You're 18 and 0 with all tech falls, but you haven't yeah. faced the big guns yet. Dylan real quick. And, and then I know John's got some questions, but um, um, Chad red knocked off Nick Lee in high school. Didn't he for his state championship? I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Their final, their final match in high school, Chad red beat Nick Lee for the, state title and i think nick lee is four and oh against him in the college yeah 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 it's been close though there's been a lot of like five four matches and stuff right right well you know you, you kind of focused in on things so kind of kind of wrap things up a little bit no, wait wait yep i got questions i well, got I'm dumb sorry, guy John, i said you had I, questions i got dumb guy questions all right, John. First got? of all, my, my, you know, I guess, you know, I shot the Big Ten tournament a few years ago and time goes fast for old people. So I was like 30, 40 years ago now, it seems like. But one of the things I remember about being at the Big Ten ch- uh, tournament was the rivalries between guys. I mean, at one point I'm, I'm watching this match over here and there's this utter explosion on another match. And one of the, I'm like, what the hell is going on? And one of the guys turns to me and he said, there's some rival between some Rutgers guy and the Iowa guy and the coaches are screaming at the Rutgers guy and the Rutgers guy is pointing at the Iowa coaches and the Iowa coaches are nutballs and, and firebrands. And I mean, you guys know what the rivalries are and probably I'm guessing most wrestling fans that are going to go to this are probably going to know, you know, this guy and this guy are, you know, and people are going to, this is on the BTN network, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, are people going to turn this on? And if they see a match, who do they want to watch? Obviously, Gable Stevenson is, yeah. is kind of like the thing that you turn it on and you go watch him destroy a guy. He threw two people right in front of me. And it was, it was a freaking amazing. And yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll tell this quick story. I probably told it before, but I watched but, him wrestle the Wisconsin guy. And I'm at the edge of the mat, right? We're right up where you can be with a camera. And this young woman comes up next to me. And she puts her camera out further onto the mat than where our lines are. And I, I turned and I looked at her and I said, you need, to, you need to pull your camera back and you need to get back a little. And she kind of gives me a nasty look. And I said, listen, Gable Stevenson's going to come out here. He's going to toy with this Wisconsin wrestler. And at the end of the match, right before it ends, he's going to pick him up and throw him. And he could hit your equipment and they could get injured or you could get injured. And she gives me this dirty look again. And one of the coaches behind me and, and he says, yeah, you need to move your camera gear because he's right that this is going to happen. And literally with 10 seconds left in the match, 
Gable Stevenson is just kind of bouncing around like he's got a rag doll in front of him, and he picks this freaking Wisconsin wrestler up, throws him like a like a dummy, and smash right three feet in front of us. And it was one of the most amazing scenes I, I've ever seen live. But uh, I mean, if there people are going to watch this on BTN, other than Gable Stevenson, what do they want to watch? All of the Big Ten wrestlers, who are the top guys in each weight? Besides Nebraska guys, obviously we want to watch Nebraska guys. Well, well, I would say uh, honestly anybody in a Penn State singlet. Um, they got four national champions there, but I would say uh, Aaron Brooks at eight one eighty four is probably the most dominant guy outside of Gable. Mm-hmm. Um. Maybe Nick Lee at 41, but that's that weight's so deep that if he, you know, uh, he could lose to Ironman, I could see it. Um, you know, I Iowa's got a lot of guys. Although, what's crazy is Iowa could win this, and they don't have a number one seed, right? Because of depth. Because of depth. They, I think their lowest seed is a six. Yeah, and that's pretty incredible. Uh, it's definitely a. Penn State has the top tier guys, and it's kind of Penn State's champions against Iowa's depth. And that's what it's kind of going to come down to. But honestly, this tournament, John, any match would be good. Yeah. If you love wrestling, turn on the TV. Well, and, and, you know, I'll tell you what, too, just, just for pure excitement, you watch Austin DeSanto from Iowa at 133 pounds. The guy is a machine. He's wound tight and, and he goes, you know, a hundred miles an hour from start to finish. He he's, he's really fun to watch. Ridge Lovett from Nebraska is really fun to watch. Now he's gotten a little more conservative. It seems like here this year, but if Ridge Lovett gets into a situation, um, you know, with some of the opponents, especially if he, you know, if he, if he matches up against Max Mirren again, you know, Katie bar the door, uh, that will be, there'll be a lot of fireworks in that match. They're, you know, both of them are fun to watch. Um, Mikey Labriola is fun to watch. Yeah. I always um, liked him. You know, it, it just, their, their style is kind of conducive to that. And um, also if you, if you are a fan of like Matt wrestling, you know, the scrambles, Sammy Sasso, yes. Ohio State, 149, is one of the funnest dudes in the world. He literally will just stick the leg out and want you to grab it so he can get into a scramble situation, cut the corner, and score on you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's Okay. It's it, – yeah. And, and you know, it, it's just um, – it, it's pretty – now, other than that, you know, and John, you you recognize this when you were at that tournament. You've got three other people that are in that gym that are wound so damn tight, someday they're going to explode. One of them is named Mark Manning. <laughs> One of them is named Terry Brands. And the other one is named Tom Brands. <laughs> and then you have the next level where they might almost internally combust. 
And that consists of many of the assistant coaches. <laughs> there will, you know, for the, for the fans that are in the arena, they'll get as much of a kick watching those coaches pointing fingers at each other, storming out onto the mats um, as, as they will some of, some of the wrestlers. And, um, and uh, you know, with, with, at the Iowa-Nebraska duel, uh, which was an incredible event this year with the raised mat and the spotlight and that kind of stuff. There was as much of excitement with the brands guys and Manning and Brian Snyder and those guys firing back and forth at each other. So it's, it's, it's wrestling's a very close personal sport. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say, uh, uh, Mark Manning's probably one of the funnest coaches to watch during a match. Yes, because he he looks like he's wrestling. You know? He's constantly yelling throughout he's, the entire. He's doing he's doing the moves. He's like underhook, go. You know, you know, I Mark. I'm 60 years old, and Mark Manning's older than me. And I would pity the guy who thinks if if he saw you know because. Mark's body's beat up a little bit, you know, but he's still fit and in shape. But yeah. you see the guy walking sometimes. He might be hobbling or a little stooped or whatever. I pity the guy, the 26-year-old or the 35-year-old that sees that old man over there. Because I'll tell you what, Mark Manning would just twist somebody into knots. He, I, I tell you what, I think he's probably as tough as he was when he was 23 years old wrestling for UNO. I, I, would, not, I would not touch yeah. Mark Manning. Unless I was well armed, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he is a meth addict without the meth. <laughs> that's that's when I first met him was at an alumni event, and I talked to him for a while, and I was like, "Oh my god, this guy is just a." Even when he's standing there, when you're just standing there talking to him one on one, it's still like, you know what I mean? So, I, I have another dumb guy question. Okay, shoot. And it's this, you guys are talking about these wrestlers being so close to each other that what it sounds like to me is like any, any kind of thing whatsoever can throw something off. Mm -hmm. Right. So, I mean, like right now, before we started this, I had Cadoba for supper and I'm sitting here trying to not, uh, you know, experience the effects of the Cadoba meal because I don't, I don't eat a lot of fast food, but <laughs> I mean, guys have to have routines. They have to have a specific diet, right? Don't they follow this stuff? Is it very tightly controlled? And if anything gets off there, does it affect them that much? Or is it, like, that's, that's kind of, I guess, what I thought of when you guys were talking about like four guys that have won national titles in the same class or something. What throws them off? Well, there's, there's an incredibly strong mental element to, to wrestling. And sometimes it doesn't take much to take a guy out of his game. Um, I, I remember the first time that um, Austin DeSanto wrestled against Roman Bravo Young when Roman Bravo Young from Penn State, national champ, put his left hand on his own knee and refused to, put, to, to tie up with DeSanto. And that took away all of DeSanto's offense and he was a wreck uh, mentally for that match. Um, 
he's he's adjusted since and adapted to it. But the first time I remember watching that 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 wrestling match and and DeSanto just he he absolutely fell apart. Um, you know, you have some guys that are the toughest guys in the world, but if they you know if they tweak a knee at the edge of the mat, um, sometimes that that just blows them up mentally more than it more than it hurts them physically if that makes any sense and it doesn't make it's not because they're not tough it's just they're well you gotta you gotta look at it you have to put so much pressure on one joint to be able to do a lot of the stuff you're doing in wrestling i can see where that would make me a little freaked out right and also like let's not also forget these guys are young men yeah like to us they're kids they're 19 22 23 i mean maybe their girlfriend broke up with them i don't know like maybe they're hungover who knows yeah uh there's a lot of stuff that goes into it that maybe we don't know i mean uh i don't know i've seen some matches before like a i saw chad red wrestle nick lee last year in a duel where i thought maybe chad had somewhere to be um <laughs> that's kind of his thing isn't it sometimes yeah in duels yeah yeah it is yeah Yeah. but it's march now it's march now so we're good (laughs) (laughs) but no like if it's a volatile thing like you're on the mat with another guy mano y mano there's no other people on the team it's not football where somebody misses a tackle or misses a block like it's you man it's you and him and you're trying to, you know, rip each other's arms off. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, what else we got about the Big Ten wrestling tournament in Lincoln, Nebraska this weekend? Well, I'll throw okay, I have more thing. Oh, go cool. ahead, Dylan. I got a question for you, but you go first. Okay. So Chad Red, Eric Schultz. Taylor Evans are all seniors, and they're all four-year starters. Theoretically, they could all notch their 100th win this weekend. That seems like a lot. (laughs) I I believe there's only 26 Huskers ever to do it. And Chad Red has 95 wins. Eric Schultz has 97 and Taylor Venz has 95. So Eric Schultz, if he wins out, his 100th win is him being a Big Ten champ. Cool. Uh, Chad Red and uh, Taylor Venz, they both have 95, and they both have to face a NCAA champ possibly in the semifinal, which means they'll likely be in the back half of the bracket where you get a couple of extra matches. Right. So we, we can honestly see all those guys hit a hundred wins this weekend. Wow. And like, I don't know cool. if that's ever happened. Weird. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that was my little, uh, yeah, my little stat for the day. Your little trivia stat there. There you go. So my question for you, Dylan, you know, it's, um, I think most observers would say, uh, 
it's going to be, you know, the team title is going to be decided between Penn State and Iowa. And, and you've already kind of mentioned it's it's the, the Penn State individual studs against Iowa depth. Um, personally, I, I, I don't know that Iowa can can catch Penn State. I, you know, I, I think I, I think Penn State's going to win the tournament. I think Iowa's got a better chance to get them at the NCAA tournament when there's more possible points. Um, but in that third hole, I think most people are probably thinking Michigan's going to fall in there. My question is if, you know, Nebraska's got, you know, they got the home crowd, they're wrestling in Nebraska. Um, you know, they've, we've talked through, you know, where those guys are in the lineup. What's it going to take for Nebraska to finish in third place as a team. Now, you said earlier in the broad in the podcast, they they might be lucky to get. I don't. Those weren't your words, but uh, it would be a, it would be great if right. they could get there. What's it going to take for Nebraska to get third as a team? Well, first you're going to need your guys, Eric Schultz. He's going to have to get to the final. Uh, you're going to have to probably get Mikey Labriola to the final. Um. You're going to need guys like Chad Red, uh, Taylor Venz, Christian Lance to get some wins on the backside. Also, you got three freshmen uh, going. You know, Bubba Wilson at 65, Reno, Jeremiah Reno at 125, and Dominic Serrano at 133. They're going to need to notch some wins. And, like, you know, if they're on the back half of the bracket, they might need you might need to get a major decision out of somebody. Um, Ridge Lovett's going to have to get to the final against Sasso if Nebraska wants to honestly finish third as a team because Ohio State's tough too. Let's not forget, you know, Michigan's there, Ohio State's there, but also Nebraska. It's kind of those three teams are kind of vying for the third spot, and Nebraska is going to need some bonus points and couple guys to maybe outperform their seed. Now it'd be tough, but everybody on Nebraska's roster has kind of shown the ability to do that at times, but also at times they haven't. Like a guy like Peyton Robb, okay? To start the year, he beat NCAA champ, and then he took another NCAA champ to overtime. Yep. Now in Big Ten play, he's kind of fallen off but he has all the ability in the world to get to outperform his five seed. Now, does he do it? I don't know. Uh, he hasn't been really wrestling that well lately, but I mean, anything's possible at the tournament. Like a lot of guys are just better at tournaments as you get matches going, you know, when you get one, two, three, four matches rather than a duel where they just wait all night to wrestle one. Right. It depends on the individual kind of, cause you can, sometimes you see guys that are really good in a tournament and like, we'll lose a, a duel once in a while, like a Taylor Venz where you're like, what? Like he lost to the Purdue's guy. Yeah. You know, but then like he'll go to a tournament and blast four guys in a row. So yeah, it's really tough. To, it's really tough to say, but Nebraska is going to have to outperform some seeds. Um, they're, if they want to get third, they're probably going to have to have two individual champs. And that would, be, that, would, that would be between Schultz, Labriola, and Lovett, I would assume. 
probably three guys that have the best chance of getting, you know, the title. But it's going to be tough, man. I honestly, <laughs> with this, with this uh, crop of teams, fourth or fifth place is nothing to be ashamed of. No. As a team or as an individual, both, <laughs> you know, to be right. quite honest. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Well, Dylan, you know, we, um, we, you know, personally, I love the job that you do covering Nebraska wrestling. Um, you know, for, for people that, uh, don't, uh, jump on the website on a regular basis, uh, not only does Dylan do a great job covering, uh, Nebraska Cornhusker wrestling during the season, he also, uh, you know, writes a wonderful recap at the end of every year and, and great previews leading into the season. And more important, um, in recent years, Nebraska has had quite a few of their wrestlers, you know, compete uh, internationally, um, you know, in what is normally called the, the off season for college wrestling. And, right. and Dylan, Dylan does a great job covering that as well. So um, I think quite honestly, being a, a wrestling fan for the vast majority of my life and, and coaching and competing and officiating and everything else, um, th there's not a better writer of the sport of wrestling, uh, than, than our own Dylan Gunther and, and Dylan, I, I mean that sincerely and, and, and just, uh, we're so appreciative that, that you're contributing to, to coordination. So thank you very much for that. Appreciate that, man. Um, we are, uh, you know, kind of in that time of year where we have other things going on, John, uh, right. somebody, somebody <laughs> told me that, um, Fred Hoiberg read, uh, your article that, um, Nebraska should keep Fred Hoiberg as the basketball coach. And, and I think because of your influence, Fred said, you know, they're right. And, uh, all of a sudden he started coaching some players that uh, have shown they can win a few basketball games. What, what the hell's going on with that, John? We're winning men's basketball games. I that's it. It's weird. It is weird. I mean, we've, we've watched this team go out and, you know, I think at the most of the games they played this season, they played pretty decent in the first half. And then like at the beginning of the second half, they come out and go, well, that was good enough. And then they get destroyed. And I mean, they went to Penn State and they stomped the living shit out of Penn State. I, I did you guys watch this game at I all? Listen, listen to that game, yeah. You know, Penn State. It was senior night at Penn State, and Penn State has a big guy called John, named John Harar, and he was vis visibly, extremely upset that they and they were just slaughtered. I that what we win by like 20, 25. And it wasn't really that close because at the end of the game, we did everything we could to not hit a hundred. So that was pretty shocking, but you kind of go, okay, Penn state, they're not the, you know, not, not the premier people, but uh, then they go to Ohio state and I, I, you know, Ohio state was ranked and it's a really bad loss for them. <laughs> And the TV guys kept pointing that out. This is a quad four loss for Ohio State. That's the worst loss you can have. So I would say that this at Nebraska basketball season hasn't been the one we wanted. But if we can, like, ruin some people's nights and, and you know, make them feel really bad about themselves and hurt the young, their NCAA seeds, 
then that's what we need to do for the rest of this season. We need to do as well as we can beat Wisconsin, maybe on their home floor. That would be shocking everybody. And then, you know, just win a game or two in the big 10 tourney. Uh, I, I think that the difference that I've seen is this in past games, when you saw certain guys come on the floor, I think the team would just completely lose confidence in themselves. And really specifically, Eduardo Andre. I think the rest of the team looked at him and said, he's not that good a Big Ten big guy to replace Derek Walker. And I think that really hurt their confidence. And then Alonzo Verge can be one of the best guards. But then on the other hand, he can play where he's like, this is about me and this is about me. Well, you know, I think against Ohio State, he had more assists than a bi- any Big Ten guard uh, all season in the first half or something like that. But when he does that, they play well and they move the ball around, you know, or they were st- in the past, they started relying on Bryce, you know, let's give the ball to Rice and we'll all stand around. Well, now they're not standing around as much. They're moving the ball around. And then the other shocking thing is they put the effort into playing defense. And that's the reason why they won these last two games. And they were two very good games. And two, honestly, kind of, you know, Penn State was dominant. And I think when you watched Ohio State, because you're Nebraska, we suck and we're going to collapse at any moment thing. You're waiting with three minutes left to go, okay, let me down, let me down. Come on, who are these people? Let me down. You've done this so many times. And then they they didn't. They stayed in that game and they kept scoring and answering Ohio State scores. And that was phenomenal. So, uh, I mean, you know, more of this. I can handle more of this. Good on them. Um, The women's team has had a good season. They're playing Illinois tonight uh, as we, as we record this. Um, Haven't, I haven't followed along, but uh, it is in the big 10 tournament and they're hoping to uh, at least play up to their seed and get a bid for the NCAA tournament. That'd be a a great step for the women's program and coach Williams. Um, Let's see. Oh, uh, what's that? What's that other sport that Nebraska's? Oh, football, football. Um, well, you're gonna say bowling. Bowling. There. Yeah. Well, I, I read that bowling's won five tournaments this season. Defending national champs have won five tournaments. Um, we got spring practice for football with uh, you know the new offensive coaching staff and and uh, you know of course why wouldn't there be good news coming out of spring football? There always is good news, you know, with, with spring football. Uh, and um, I guess kind of finishing our lap around Nebraska sports, the baseball team is off to a, an un, unexpected slow start. They've only won uh, one ball game so far this year, but uh, the Cornhuskers are going to play down in Arlington, Texas again. What was uh, the last game against TCU? We had the bases loaded bottom of the ninth. Bases loaded. Bases bottom. loaded. Bases bottom of the loaded, ninth and bottom of the ninth, and the guy beat the beat the throw to first base, but he was called out. And it wasn't uh, even close. That was like that'd be like a call I would make. Like, who's that crusty <laughs> old man with long hair out there? I can't see. God, it was, and then Will Bolt got tossed after the game. He got to, yeah, he got tossed out of the game when the game was over. <laughs> so he has to sit out the first game uh, this weekend, I think. I think that's what they've said. So. I'm going to go down and watch. I'm, I'm headed to Austin, Texas for a conference. Going to be in Arlington and watch and play on Saturday. So hopefully, hope. I, <laughs> hopefully <laughs> I hope, hopefully I bring them some good luck down there too. Um, they are changing up their, their starting pitching rotation a little bit. Be kind of interesting to see how that, how that all works. So 
uh, I think we've kind of covered our bases, no pun intended. With uh, There's only one thing left that I can think of. Oh, well, you better fill us in, John. If Iowa beats Nebraska in baseball, that means by transitive, whatever that is, that Loris College will have beaten Nebraska. Your <laughs> oh, daughter will ooh. never let you, daughter will never let you <laughs> hear the end of that. Yeah. So it's, I just want, I, I hope you can go to sleep tonight, Todd. Well, I'll tell you what, John, um, I, I, I guess I can't remember from the schedule, but I think Iowa does play baseball at Nebraska this year. I think it's in Lincoln. Um, I do have a Loris baseball cap. So I will, I will wear my Loris, <laughs> I will wear my Loris baseball cap and try to make myself visible to the Iowa Hawkeye fans and Iowa Hawkeye baseball or baseball team. So um, maybe what I could do is, is uh, hang over the, the dugout like the kids do in the beginnings of the game, you know, to get the baseballs autographed. I'll have my Loris hat and, and see if those Hawkeye players will, <laughs> will autograph my Loris cap. <laughs> Well, <laughs> folks, that uh, that about does it for us. Um, I think we're we're all kind. Of, well, at least the two old guys are shot. It looks like Dylan. He's he's primed for a night out on the town. So um, we <laughs> we want to thank uh, our our outstanding wrestling writer Dylan Gunther for joining us here tonight and give us an, giving all of us a preview of the Big Ten wrestling tournament. And, and honestly, folks, if um, if you have a chance, if you if you've never been to a big time uh, college wrestling meet, uh, you, you've got an opportunity here in your backyard. So get out there and, and uh, go watch the Huskers and the rest of the Big Ten. So with that being said, uh, on behalf of our founding father, John Johnston and Dylan Gunther, I'm Todd Wolverton, reminding you that five heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red and win some wrestling matches. <laughs> Thank you very much. <sighs>